Welcome to the Hamumu Halloween Home Horror Hoedown, the podcast where we watch scary movies so you don't have to. From award-winning to completely unknown, we take them all way too seriously. I'm your host, Mike Hommel. And I'm your host, Solange Hommel. Now warning, we use a ghoulish number of spoilers, so watch the movies first. Second warning, we don't know anything about anything, so don't take us seriously as we take these movies seriously. Welcome back to another hoedown with Mike and Sully. We're here to discuss the 2007 movie Vacancy. So what made you select this movie, Sully? I felt the need to watch a very specific subgenre of movie where people, preferably teens, no luck, not not with this movie, are traveling through like some remote place in the dark, no reception, no other people around. And of course, their car breaks down and they are forced to seek refuge in some abandoned, obviously creepy, dangerous place. Yeah. Well, I didn't get a movie with the teen aspect, Vacancy has all the rest. And it definitely yeah. scratched that itch for me. And it is a super throwback to the 70s. Like, it's set in the present, well, in 2007, which is so far from the present. Right? That's 14 years ago. <laughs> it's practically Ooh. a period piece. <laughs> but even though it's set in such modern times, it's all very 70s looking. Like the place they go is very old and run down. And like the guy who runs it is very 70s. And just everything is like that. I mean, I kind of feel like that was... That was the thing is that, you know, part of the scariness of it was that they were in this place that clearly had not been updated since the 70s. Yeah. Although I had a thought about that. Did you? Okay. So they get all those videotapes of all those different times when someone's been trapped in this motel and murdered by the creepy people, right? That is the plot. And all of them are like, you know... People fight back when they're being murdered by creepy people. So, like, things are getting destroyed and everything. Yeah. How is it that everything in that room looked like it was 40 <laughs> years old? That's true. When they clearly had to have done repairs after the last time they murdered somebody in that room. Like, it would have to be cleaned and updated by default. Yeah. I feel like that's more of a plot hole than a thing they just really wanted that aesthetic oh and they went all out like it was like the gold the gold uh light fixtures and the square glass sort of thing style and the rounded uh chairs you know with the like curved backs and everything well and like the tv was i mean i don't know maybe in 2007 they didn't have much by ways of tv but it was you know crt tv and the whole movie was about VHS tapes, which is... Yeah. Yikes. Yeah, which by 2007 was already, yeah. like, weird. But that was the thing. Like, it was... I mean, it was all it's supposed all to be throwback. really old. And the part I wanted to get to about that is that the uh, 
the film, the look of the movie was there too. Like it was grainy and the colors were muted and kind of 70s-ified. And it was, I mean, they really made an effort to make it look like we're watching a 70s slasher, which is the style they were going for. Yes. They, being the director, Nimrod Antal, uh, A-N-T-A-L, um, whose name I happen to recognize. This never happens to me because I am <laughs> terrible with names. But I saw that and I was like, Nimrod, that's a very strange name. Yeah, I remember thinking Nimrod is a very strange name very recently because we've been watching Stranger Things. And he is also the director of that most recent season. That's fun. Or maybe it's one of the many other Nimrods. That was the thing. I was like, could there be two? <laughs> but I looked it up. It's actually the same person. That's good. Also a benefit that I did not know when we started watching this, the main character, one of the main characters, David, is played by Luke Wilson. <laughs> I love me a Wilson, brother. Yeah, I, I had a moment right at the beginning where I was like, I thought... You know, I know Owen Wilson is very Owen Wilson, but mm. I thought Luke Wilson was just a guy. But as soon as he started talking, I'm like, oh, he's very Owen Wilson. <laughs> I mean, they have a, a very specific style. Yeah. He is definitely more mainstream and more like he he is more capable, I think, of playing a, a serious role like this was a serious role. Mm -hmm. But he has a lot a lot of similarities with Owen. Yeah, that's interesting. So the first major thing I would like to talk about with Vacancy is how it is like the absolute opposite of old when it comes to foreshadowing. Of old, the movie old. Yes. yes. So if you think about all the things we said last week about how, you know, there's subtlety to it and like you foreshadowing done well like you know it but it's hard to describe it this movie does yeah. all the things that old didn't manage to do yeah they were getting into a creepy situation it's 1 30 in the morning their car breaks down and they're at this dumpy motel slash car garage by the side of the road mm -hmm. and there's a guy there who's going to help them with their car and it's like he's being friendly but it's creepy and you're not sure. And it's that difficult situation in real life where you're like, you know, you can't be rude. You can't be like, hey, get away from me. You're probably scary. And plus you need his help. Because you don't really know what it is about him. Yeah. That's like, this is not okay. But if I say it's not okay, he's going to be like, what? What did I do? And <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to be he able to explain it. He literally didn't do anything. It's just creepy. The most obvious piece was still wasn't very obvious but was like was brilliant foreshadowing for what was coming later and like made the hairs on the back of my neck stand up because i could predict where <laughs> what it was hinting at towards the end of the conversation they say thank you for helping us and he responds with i should thank you for giving me something to do mm -hmm. which is a very innocuous almost like charming thing for him to say except that along with saying it he had afterwards there was this like slightly too long pause where he side eyes the woman and i'm <laughs> yeah. just like yeah oh no yep 
It's interesting because we read the little blurb before the movie. We knew they were going to a hotel to get murdered. Mm-hmm. And not intentionally, just right. <laughs> movie-wise. But I still found myself like hoping things were going to work out all right throughout. <laughs> I'm like, you know, I mean, yeah, that guy's weird, but... And then the the manager of the hotel is very weird. Uh-huh. But I mean this could be okay. They could they could get out of here and it's it, it's weird that they that they can make you feel that way with a movie. Especially given how many of these movies we've watched. Yeah. And we know things are not <laughs> going to end well. Yeah, it just for a long time it was like, well, they'll probably get out of here. Right. Like like when they are trying to actually run out of the room and they know there's a bunch of bad guys outside that are kind of closing in on them. I'm like, I mean, you know, they could weave their way between them and get into the woods. They're, they're going to make it. No, that wouldn't be a very, that would be a short movie. <laughs> it would, it would. No, I had this same idea. And that kind of ties into the second big thing that I wanted to bring up, which is that there were lots of times where you had that feeling of like, oh, this is going to work. Like yeah. the redirect, oh, pretend we went out the window and then you hide good. up in the ceiling space. Like that was, I was <laughs> like, oh, oh, this might be the thing. Like they yeah. might not notice. Yeah. Things, things didn't work out well for them though. Well, I mean, that's one thing in the end, things did work out well. In fact, a little too well mm-hmm. in that it's one of those horror movies where the heroes win in the end, at, despite quite a bit of suffering and very unrealistically. So like Luke Wilson is stabbed in the middle of the night, ends up, you know, falling to the ground, appearing to be dead. And he's laying there for the rest of the night until the morning. And she comes over and finds him and he's not okay, but he's still fine. He, he wakes up and he's like, Oh, I'm not doing so good. Yeah. Like really? That's he's okay with no treatment. So the one thing about that is that prior to the whole, like hide in the ceiling situation, he said something about how it's almost light or it will be light soon. So mm-hmm. I think that that was like, not it, we're not talking like from 10 o'clock at night until yeah. well, we knew morning. It was much later than that. Um, so it was maybe just a couple hours, but yeah, he would have most definitely bled out. Maybe yeah. the maybe like he got stabbed in the stomach and then was laying on his stomach, so like <laughs> putting gravity was it. putting pressure on the wound. I don't know, it seems unlikely though. Yeah, it was, it was kind of a a weird cop out, like they could have ended with him dead, like that would have been. A win, but a loss. Sure. It would have followed the pattern that a lot of movies follow, where like yeah. everyone's dead except the one plucky female. The final girl. <laughs> and speaking of that, that's something I want to get into with this movie. 2007 seems too recent for this, and I, it could be that they were writing it to be like the 70s. The rampant misogyny of this movie, not in the characters, but in the creation of it, where it's a husband and his wife, soon to be separated, are trapped in this situation. And for the entire movie, until the end segment, the husband has all the ideas, does all the work, comes up with everything, and executes everything, while she cowers in a corner going, help me, help me! And it was annoying that they were doing this. Yes. And 
I mean, okay, so their relationship is clearly not good. There's a whole background of, you know, again, very tropey in that there's like a dead child in the background that, you know, is causing them to have marital strife and blah, blah, blah. The Luke Wilson character, David, is very angry Mm -hmm. at his soon-to-be ex-wife. Yeah. And I don't think he's angry at her. I think he's angry at the situation, whatever. But he very much takes it out on her and like... In very misogynistic ways. So it's not just like the the characters at the hotel are stuck in the 70s. Yeah. But even the modern man has some pretty gross behaviors. Not yeah. just like, not just in that he has to control everything, but that he talks to her in those ways. And it's not clear to me, at least, that that's established as look at these bad behaviors he has. Look at his you know, him behaving this way. I think that was something that was written in accidentally, which is kind of problematic for like who was writing the story. Or it was them, you know, throwing back to the seventies and trying to create that feeling, which would be the same thing, but intentional, which could be worse. No, (laughs) I I mean, I see what you're saying, but it's weird then to be like, we're going to set this movie in modern times, but yeah, but have everyone behave as if it's the 70s? Yeah, which is funny because they they could have easily done that. There's one cell phone in the movie and it gets smashed very quickly and it never serves a purpose. It was a flip phone. Yeah, it was a flip phone, which in 2007 guess, is what you yeah. get. So they were constantly working with pay phones and the room phone. And so like it was very, it could have been in the 70s easily. Yeah, Yeah. So the other thing that I kind of disagree with, though, is that I think the unintentional misogyny is worse than the intentional misogyny. Because often if it's intentional, it's with the point of being like, look at how horrible this person is. Whereas the unintentional stuff is the stuff where it's like, look at our hero. And then he still behaves in these terrible ways because... Our culture is so steeped in it that nobody making this movie was like, hey, why is he calling her the B word and, you know, like other nasty things all the time? (laughs) Saying, maybe we should buy you a pack of sparklers, (laughs) which was a a big plot, not a plot point, but a a big issue with him. I I think there was a missed opportunity there with the sparklers, too. Yes, there was because they snuck into the garage where the all the sparklers were they could have done some big fireworks thing yes yeah and they did yes in fact i even think there were more than just sparklers there i think there were fireworks in that garage and that could have been awesome (laughs) but no no and maybe the cops would have come because they're like what's happening over there right i don't know that that was a missed opportunity that was like Chekhov's fireworks were not appropriately fired yeah, I in mean, the third act. Because that was the thing, was the garage, the guy with the garage who helped with their car handed her a sparkler when they were leaving and was like, hey, at this garage, it's always 4th of July. And I have, you know, like, I'm required to give you a sparkler. Right. Which is a super weird thing. So why wasn't it a part of anything? Why was that not important? Can you imagine how awesome it would have been to have that callback as yeah. she like lit up the whole place with fireworks <laughs> and it was actually the 4th of July She's at like, this now garage? it's the 4th of July. Right? 
Uh, yeah, it, that was a disappointing um, failure to use a tool that they had put in the movie themselves. Yeah. And when they were in that garage, they had gotten there by crawling through the underground tunnels, which underground every hotel has. Tunnels? Yes. Hotels always awesome. have underground tunnels. Mm-hmm. They crawled through them and popped up in the garage and knocked over the counter in the garage onto the tunnel. So if anyone followed them, they wouldn't be able to come through there. But that's what was bugging me was then one of the guys, you know, comes that way and tries to get up through there and he's pushing up the counter, you know, from underneath, trying to get out of the hole, while the two of them are pushing down on the counter. And he's able to push it up with one hand, swing at them with his knife with the other hand, while both of them are pushing down and gravity is pushing down and the weight of this counter is pushing down. I mean, that whole counter must have been made out of just (laughs) styrofoam Styrofoam. because... Because then they ran off and he just like was able to push his way yeah. out, even though this massive countertop was yeah. laying on him. That just didn't work. That was wrong. That didn't work. That and like, I liked the idea of the tunnels and stuff, but then the tunnel in their hotel room bathroom was hidden with a rug, <laughs> right. which is great. But if people are secretly going in and out through that tunnel, how are they getting the rug back on top? There's like secret strings that go through the grout of the tile. These guys did not <laughs> seem that smart. No. And there was a there was a big uh, full body mirror in the bathroom that somehow wasn't a secret door. Right. <laughs> there were some shots. They used mirrors a lot in this movie for yeah. very interesting shots, which I thought was cool. There was one early on where they were fighting um, in the dark when the, when they were at the car, and she's sitting in the driver's seat. And all the shots of her are in the side view mirror. And that I thought that was cool. But yeah, there were so many shots where it was like we're looking at her and behind her is this big bathroom mirror. And it was a perfect opportunity for one of those bad guys to come smashing through and grab her. But that didn't happen. Or he could have just opened it nicely and grabbed her. Don't have to smash your mirrors. I mean, I guess. (laughs) Whatever. Yeah. A couple other issues I had with the tunnel. There were lots of rats, which was cool. Yeah, rats are always cool. But apparently those rats were, like, they had a really good union or something because they (laughs) didn't really do anything. No. They were just there, and then they were like, we're going to crawl off into the darkness. I was like, (laughs) I don't feel like the rats were used to their full potential here. No, I think maybe that's a a recurring theme because the fireworks and the rats... And then there's this really cool string of like bare light bulbs going through the tunnel, which aesthetically was awesome. <laughs> but then David's got his flashlight on the whole time. Yeah, I'm I like, don't why? know why he needed that. But it, and it was started going out at one point, and he's like, "Oh no!" smacking it. Like, right? Who cares? I'm like, you're in a tunnel. Your eyes are definitely adjusted to the light that's down there. And then he gets up into the office, which has actual lights on all over the place, and he still has the flashlight on. And is still acting like he needs it. That makes me think, and this is just a joke for you, Sully, that he was looking for stairs in a drawer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I I have another big topic. Yes. Philosophical question, if you will. Okay. So I feel like the the theme of this movie, the big message of this movie, is that, you know, the decisions we make lead to situations 
Hmm. Okay. Because often throughout the movie, they would talk about, you know, oh, I should have done this. I shouldn't have done that. Blah, blah, blah. Like, how would we have Mm -hmm. avoided being in this situation? So my question that I was thinking about while, while I was watching is how far back do we have to go before they avoid landing in this situation? Like, what was the decision that got them trapped in this motel? The turning point. Here's the turning point. Okay. And it makes no sense. When he decided while she was asleep, Uh while he was driving, that he wanted to take the back roads instead of the freeway, which is a decision people make sometimes. But his reason was he thought it would be faster (laughs) to take back roads instead of the freeway. Okay, wait a minute, though. He said that, but then she said something. They were having a moment where they were like, Fighting and being horrible to each other. And then, you know, they were sort of not being horrible to each other for a minute. And she said something about his decision being because he wanted to have one last adventure. Mm -hmm. And so maybe he he was like, I thought it would be faster because he didn't want to admit that, like, I thought it would give me a few more hours with you or whatever. Yes, because they were really, like, signing the papers. They were done. Had they been at her parents or were they yeah. on their way to Yeah, they parents? had been at a party at her parents' house and they were like, oh, it was weird being at that party knowing what we know and not telling anyone. Right, because it was an anniversary or something and they didn't want oh, to yeah. like, ruin that. Which I'm sort of feeling like we could even go back that far. That maybe deciding to go as a fake couple <laughs> to this anniversary party for her family, even though they were on the verge of signing divorce papers, was maybe a bad idea, was maybe setting them up for some bad karma or something. Uh, Apparently, yeah. Yeah. But so the reason I was thinking about this is because there was a point, they were in the hotel for the first time. They both definitely knew, like, this is a bad place. We don't want to stay here. But their car's broken down. It's the middle of the night. There's no one that they can call. Like their options at that point were so narrow that even though they knew going into this hotel room is a terrible idea on multiple levels because it had cockroaches and Mm -hmm. all sorts of weird things, even if it weren't filled with murderers. But at that point, I'm like, I sort of think that they made the best choice in staying because if they hadn't stayed, these guys just would have gone and followed them to their car and killed them in their car too. I mean, like, they weren't going to get sense. away at this point. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. And the guys actually went to their car to get her apple just to freak her out by putting it in the bathroom. Yes. So it wasn't like it was hard for them to get to the car. Yeah. So, like, it made me think about that that point, too, where you end up in a situation where there are no good options. And then you're like, what is my least bad option? And that's a very uncomfortable place to be. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny because we stayed in this hotel also, if you'll recall. <laughs> I do recall. It was um it was our in road the panhandle trip. as we were driving. You had come to pick me up after I graduated college and we were driving out to California. Yeah. And our there very were first road trip. cockroaches in there and the bed was so soft or saggy or whatever, barely existent yeah that i had to sleep on the floor with the cockroaches yeah because i couldn't survive on that bed and of course sleeping on the floor wasn't great either that like destroyed my back and ah it was scary it was bad 
It was very similar. And and it was, we were definitely in a, an area where I was like, I don't trust the people around here. It seems scary. And we had seen lots of signs where we're like, that, that I don't remember exactly how they were worded, but very clearly we're like, if we don't like the color of your skin, we're not going to rent our hotel yeah. room to you. I, I don't think they said that, but yeah. No, they, but that's, that's what, what it meant. meant. Like yeah. it was very much like, keep moving, buddy. Uh-huh. And I wanted to keep moving, but you were sick and I was doing all the driving. Oh, was that when I was sick? Yeah. That was, that yeah. was a bad trip. It was, yeah. It was, it was worse than great. their trip. I mean, <laughs> I feel like they might disagree a At little. least they had one last adventure. <laughs> They had their one last adventure, and this was our one first adventure. It was. And it involved feeling very unpleasant. Yes. So anyway, I just thought it was an interesting question, like the turning point question in these movies. Yeah. Ratings. I find this movie hard to rate because it's not a bad movie. And it's not a good movie. I felt pretty ambivalent about the whole thing. I, I, I don't think it was badly done. I don't think it was great. And so, I mean, I guess that tells you where the number should be. So I'm going to give it three out of five because it was okay. Okay. I, it was more okay than I expected from like the way it started. Like I was like, eh. This is going to be pretty dumb. And it wasn't. It was It was fine. It was okay. Okay. So the lesson that this movie taught me hmm. is that if you have to choose between a very unique story but nothing else of any quality whatsoever <laughs> and everything else of quality but a very bland story... Uh-huh. I would go with the bland, high-quality story every time. (laughs) Because especially following the movie Old last week, Mm -hmm. this movie looked so good. (laughs) So good. That's really funny. (laughs) Luke Wilson is not the best actor in the whole entire world, but he's not a bad actor. I like him. Mm -hmm. I've enjoyed him in lots of movies. And Kate Beckinsale... Good actress. Mm-hmm. Like, even the motel owner and the auto guy, like, those were people I recognized from kind of, you know, side characters in other yeah. things. And I recognized them as people I have enjoyed seeing as character actors. Like, it was, it was good. It was solid. The sets were great. Mm-hmm. Like, there was some real intentional quality stuff to it, which means... Yeah, it may have had a very, like, tropey storyline, but I would much rather watch a movie like this than somebody trying to do something insanely <laughs> different and completely failing at it. Yeah. So I'm going to give this a three and a half. I'm tempted to almost give it a four, but that feels like a little too much. Okay, fair enough. Like the horror of a world gone mad. Today's hot political tip, based on the movie Vacancy, is don't give up. They thought they were going to die many, many times throughout yeah, that movie. They did. In fact, we thought David did die yeah. in that movie. And it turns out 
He was holding on by a thread. And I think what that makes me think of is that we have to keep fighting until the bitter end. Like there is a temptation to just be like, oh, it's too late. Everything is terrible. I give up. But we never know how things are going to turn out. And the more of us who keep fighting and keep doing the work, the more likely it is that we will be successful. Like David would have completely died had Amy given up and let herself get killed. But she didn't. She kept fighting. And by the end of the movie, they were both going to be saved. So that's my hot political tip for this week is don't give up. It's exhausting, but you got to keep fighting. It's okay to take a minute, regroup, take a breath. But then you have to find your moment to jump back in and keep doing the work. My hot political tip is treat other people as people, not as tools to be used for yourself. I like that. Just because that's that's what we see in this movie is these guys, they didn't care about people they don't know. Mm-hmm. They're like, I don't know them, so they can be meat for our movie machine. Yeah, and our snuff film industry. And that's not cool. No, it's really not. Don't do that. Don't do that. All right, that's it for Vacancy. We'll see you guys next week with another fine film. Sounds good. Bye, everyone. Don't forget to call your elected representatives. Wilson is not. She does not want you disparaging Luke Wilson. Apparently not. I hear you, Rue. Luke Wilson is like. (laughs) I mean, are you going to talk trash about Luke Wilson? She doesn't like that. You know how she feels about Wilsons. Ma'am.